0: Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick, and I'm James, and this is the only industrial design podcast on the internet hosted by us.
1: Look at us. You can't.
0: <laughs> um, how you doing, James? Oh, we need to uh, push our podcast a little farther because apparently um, people aren't subscribing on iTunes.
1: Come on, people.
0: Guys, go on to iTunes. Actually, it's Apple Podcasts. Sorry, iTunes is dead. Is iTunes dead? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Um, go give us a subscription on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. You Write us a little note. Say that you know you think we're okay.
1: <laughs> you must give us a five-star review. Yes. <laughs> no matter what you think about the podcast. If you
0: think it's a bad podcast, you can say it's a bad podcast. Just give us five stars.
1: <laughs> somebody gave us a one-star and somebody gave us a three-star. Oh, darn it. But no review.
0: Maybe the person who gave us a one-star got their stars mixed up and thought that one-star was the best.
1: Oh, Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to give a one star review, <laughs> at least give us some feedback. We want to, we did they want they not to write improve anything? on the experience. Did, yeah. They didn't write anything. They, they, didn't, they gave were, a star. They were so furious that they <sighs> put the one star and then threw their phone into the nearest body of water. That's disappointing. Clearly.
0: Um, well, yeah, go, go do that. And, uh, yeah. How was your, how was your week, James?
1: Not too bad. I guess I have, uh, Completely fallen off the map recently on on Instagram. I have to say, I have to admit. Really? I feel Uh, I feel kind of bad.
0: Well, first of all, let me just say that no one knows, but now everyone (laughs) will know. Now everyone will know. Oh come Um, on, Nick! When was the last time you posted? Twist the
1: dagger like that?
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I'll I'll tell you one thing. I've missed a few days in the past couple weeks.
1: Tisk tisk. But tisk.
0: but the thing is is that no one notices. So don't worry about it. If you're worried about if if you're at home sitting there thinking that you're not going to make it best. I
1: would like to think that I have one super fan stalker who's which is just going out of their minds it's waiting that, that, for the next.
0: That's me, James.
1: <laughs> I well here's the thing is you know, I get I get really self-conscious and in my head about what's worthy of posting and mm. so i've been posting a lot more stories i would say because oh. because i feel like i don't i don't really care too much when it comes to the stories like, right because they disappear because because the post feels like it needs to be this it's permanent it's yeah, forever it's well yeah it's permanent but it also feels like it needs to be this composed thing right like, like if you
0: took a photo of something you would want it to be nicely shot
1: yeah but is that the right way to think about it what do you think nick um
0: yeah i think i think i would agree with you i mean i'm not <laughs> i feel like you're looking for a defense or like me to say that you should post whatever <laughs> but i actually like think like if you were going to post because another update you have i know is your bottle opener right and i know if you were going to post that i think you should like get a nice piece of paper and put it up against the wall and take a picture of it or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been taking a lot of pictures of it in my apartment. Um I just yeah, I just got some new um bottle openers in in some different uh material finishes. Right.
0: You have tell me the finishes. Gold.
1: Gold and silver basically. Gold, I mean silver. uh I think they might be a little bit too glossy.
0: Is there like a steel? Is huh? like a matte or
1: something? I have the one the original one that I got is like yeah, it's it's supposed to be like black steel or something like okay. that, or just like gray steel and polished. But it actually looks almost like cast iron, right. which is kind of cool. Um, but the uh, the gold and silver one are a little they're a little too shiny and polished, <laughs> and I feel like it almost cheapens. I
0: I can see that the bottle I, opener. I will say I like gold just because I don't know why <laughs> I I, I have this like thing inside of me that just likes gold.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I think like a one lot time, of people do. One like, time
0: I painted my shoes gold.
1: Yeah, I mean there was a whole drive in America to uh back in the day to search for gold. <laughs> I don't gold I think you're not alone in that obsession.
0: My great great grandfather was a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> And by gold digger, he was a he mined gold. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I was, I, we need to cut this out.
1: He didn't marry a grandmother for the money. <laughs> oh
0: no, it's oh, this podcast is going down the drain.
1: No, it's I'm going just, up the faucet. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, and and the other thing that I did with the new bottle openers with the newer rounds is I thinned out the material a little bit, which I actually think made for a battle better better. Bottle opening experience. Okay. I think that the thinner material was really better for getting under the cap and popping it off.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, you guys, definitely check out James's Instagram. I draw on receipts.
1: Yeah. Um and another little thing that I that I discovered was we just, you know, we just got our MakerBot printers not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I did the test print with the uh the the nut and
0: it's like a it's like a what? Just a bolt and a Nut. Yeah, right?
1: it's a bolt and a nut. But uh, it 3D prints out 3D, on the MakerBot. Yeah, 3D printed. And I was messing around with it, and it actually fits perfectly into the small hole. <laughs> okay. And it kind of makes a stand for it. It makes it kind of levitate. And uh, my friend uh, Dylan Mellinger, who is the founder of Black Fox Furniture, okay. uh, he's a very... How
0: much are your friends paying you to shut them out? On oh, <laughs>
1: so much. Exorbitant amounts. Um, but uh, Dylan still owes me. But... <laughs> Now he uh, he's a very talented designer furniture maker. Okay, and uh, he was over and he was like, "You should make a wooden cone for as a stand for your bottle opener for the bottle opener." That's an interesting idea. Which I, I like really that. liked because, you know, the wooden cones are often used to display jewelry. Right. And, and that's kind of the interaction that I want people to have with the bottle opener. Because you kind of
0: put it on your finger. And yeah. It, it's like a ring, essentially.
1: Yeah. Except for the post that you posted of it in your story. You didn't use the ring, Nick. I think I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I think I spun it around after I used oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: We can, I can look back in my archive. <laughs> We're going to argue about this right now.
1: But uh, I thought it was a great idea. So when Dylan suggested it, I ran with it and printed out some cones. and Today? Yeah, I saw yeah, this. Cool. So,
0: I guess this is not today for whoever's listening, but, you know, last week.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been fun. It's re- been really fun to have the printer because normally I'll have to wait to get to a 3D printer. Mm, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be, it might be too easy now it's to too print, easy. Out, print out every idea that comes to my head.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think about my MakerBot project a bit. Um, it's such a broad topic; it's it's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I think I'm gonna scrap the idea of last week. I said like a tray for my keys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think I think I'm, I think I'm gonna do something else. I don't know what it's gonna be yet, but I'm thinking on it.
1: Yeah, it's uh... deadlines coming up though. Deadlines coming up and deadlines are good. Though, deadlines are good. because They, they make uh, us do things. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, even if it comes, even if it comes down to the final minutes, that, that <laughs> deadline is important for motivation.
0: Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's cool.
1: And you, uh, Nick, uh, what, what happened? You, you, uh, had submitted your, your fat strap chair to the, oh, right. uh, yeah, built.
0: So, so updates on my, um, week. I have a lot of updates as well. I, uh, a couple episodes. A couple episodes. I submitted the fat strap chair to the American Design Club built um, exhibition for New York Design Week, which is coming up in a month, and it got accepted. So it'll be excellent. It'll be in, exhibited in New York Design Week.
1: Can people sit on it in the exhibit?
0: I hope so. I mean, I if you are, I I don't know if there's gonna be like a guard guarding all the <laughs> the furniture, but if I'm there, you are welcome to like sit. I, I'll give you permission to sit on it right if I'm not there I still give you permission but just know that there might be someone else not giving you permission
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is the second time that you've exhibited with them isn't it
0: yeah yeah last year I exhibited the Ben Mir um, Mm -hmm. and it's always fun to just you know work with the American Design Club I don't know why I like them so much they're just such a fun little company and I like them because they're small you know they're they're there's like a fun little houseware company and yeah I don't know
1: yeah, it's fun. Instead it's... of
0: like going to like big ICFF, you know, like that's just too like corporate, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know, yeah,
0: I guess I'm trying to convey that feeling. I don't. Yeah, know. the
1: coffee is much worse. I don't know if
0: I said the right words in that last statement, but you try, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, uh, oh, I also, well, I just want to riff off one, the thing that you said, James, is that. I missed a few posts the past couple of days, but I've really been really busy the past couple of days.
1: Oh, so you have an excuse? Do I have you? an excuse. Well, yeah. I just started a new gig, Nick. You know how much, how stressful that is. How much time that consumes.
0: James, I want to show you something right quick. You see
1: these? Uh, if you can't see because you can't, Nick is currently waggling some keys at my face.
0: I uh. I rented a studio. Good it, for you. It was an impulse buy.
1: <laughs> you know, most people... are you saying that the, like the, you know, the deed or was in the, uh, the line at target. Yeah.
0: It was, it was at the uh, checkout line and I was just like, man, that's a good deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, rented a studio in Greenpoint. Nice. I haven't told you anything about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, like to look on craigslist and i saw this studio and it was really affordable and in the really good location um and so i just had to had to snag it like i went and i i got the tour of the place and it seemed like a perfect fit and so i have an office now
1: Um, nice so does that mean that you're moving all your equipment there
0: yeah yep
1: so so i'm gonna gonna live there essentially (laughs) are you you're so you're gonna live in the virtual reality world in your studio in my studio i think
0: yeah i don't really know i think i just kind of made this impulse decision and it just felt (laughs) right it still feels right i think it's the right decision you know i've been you know doing the consulting freelancing thing for a while now and it's really picked up i have had a lot of uh interest and i'm trying to scale you know i yeah want to bring in more projects and do more and having a a space where i can have you know someone help me it's all the better so right um now i don't have to sleep with my 3d printer anymore
1: (laughs) yeah i don't it's weird that it's in your bed
0: (laughs) yeah it's not stable when it's kind of like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that's kind of a big news in my week i'm still not sure how i feel about it but uh you know it's just kind of like a I think so it's it's a, a good move. It's a big milestone, and I, I'm definitely confident. Like it's, you know, it's in my budget. It was like a good, you know, it's not, it's not going to be any issue yeah. like keeping it. It's just like, I don't know. It's like I'm moving up the ladder in my, in my dream, and it's like, I don't know. Am I, am, am I going too fast? I don't know.
1: No, I don't think so. And even if you crash and burn, I'm still at, young. At least you tried. Yeah,
0: and that's the bet. That's the most important.
1: Thing. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is, I don't is want that, to be
0: sixty and have yeah. not tried, you know. The
1: other the other thing is, is that from from my personal experience, like as a freelancer, sometimes working from home is just is no good.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing I'm really excited about is like, working from home is kind of hard to focus. Right. And so, having a studio space, I'll be able to really pump out a
1: lot more work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know. I I don't know. Like just working from home, I just end up looking around the apartment and being like, "I should fold that thing.
0: <laughs> I need to fix that uh that one corner of the uh, bed. Yeah, fold it, it nicely. I clean. should
1: probably organize my yo-yos.
0: I should probably do the dishes and clean. Organize your yo-yos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh, I I did want to take. This opportunity to fix a statement, okay, that yeah. I said in the this previous
0: is the, podcast. This is the this is the <laughs> statement fixing it uh, segment of the episode. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, I, and I would also encourage the listeners to uh, to fact check us because I because I like I like to know like you know am I how did I say the right thing?
0: Oh, we never say the right things, James. <laughs> no, I accept the fact that we are just <laughs> we're just spewing our words into the air. They're all yeah, opinions,
1: basically. But I um. You know, in the last podcast, I said that at the at the uh, the start of the smartphone revolution, everything kind of looked the same. Uh, but I would like to amend that statement by saying, actually, at the start of the smartphone revolution, I think everything was wildly different. Oh, you're complete <laughs> Which, <Okay>. yeah, complete opposite. Yeah, complete complete opposite. Because I think that people at that time were taking a lot more risks and and chances with smartphones because it was this completely new market.
0: Yeah, I kind of remember you think you remember like the BlackBerry yep. smartphone and where it had. I'm thinking specifically of the one where the screen clicked. Mm-hmm. Like you, cl- you it was oh, a touch yeah. screen, but then you pressed down on the touch screen, the whole touch screen like clicked. It like yeah. moved. That there, was an interesting. It was
1: one. it was wild. It was a wild time.
0: And there was plenty that were like slide out keyboards and stuff. I oh remember. yeah,
1: I remember one that I mean I, I w- I love to romanticize the time that was sort of like the flip phone. And then the slider phone to the slider phone to the smartphone. Those are the good old days. There were so many, like, really tactile, just, like, mechanisms Mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. on. A lot of different sliders. There was one slider that pivoted around, like, I think an open hole. Like, it it sort of, like, pivoted out. No, that
0: wasn't Sidekick. That was, like, the Juke. You're talking about the Something,
1: juke? something like that. I feel like it sort of like fanned <laughs> it out. It was one of those buzzword things. Yeah, 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 sort of fanned. I feel like its its footprint when the keyboard was hidden was kind of squarish, and then it oh, fanned out. Interesting. And showed you the keyboard. I thought it was really cool. I I, I
0: can't remember which one I it was.
1: Think I think this is was a thing. We'll Fact have to check. Me we'll have on to. That.
0: We'll post a picture of it. Yeah, I'll I'll let you search it, James, and then send uh, me the picture. I'll try.
1: But um, but what I was gonna say is. Actually I feel like now that we've gotten further along in in the smartphone world things are getting a lot more samey a yeah, lot everything's
0: know. kind of distilled down to like a big screen.
1: Yeah, I mean Samsung is doing like the curve around the edge which I think is kind of hideous.
0: It's a little gimmicky I think. It's like what is the value?
1: Yeah. No, like, it's they're like
0: pushing it as a value and it's like is it Is it really valuable?
1: It's purely just like a, Hey, did you know that we could do this? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, but I, yeah, I think everything's kind of looking samey, samey. And it's just like, Oh, what are you going to do with the back? What, how are you going to position the camera? Like, you know, where are you going to put the, uh, the finger sensor? Like, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of become a dull world.
0: Yeah. I I can agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was good fix. Uh, Interesting fix that you went complete opposite from you last week, but you know, hey, we're just talking. We we're just two guys that hey,
1: we're not we're not experts here. We're just we're enthusiasts,
0: right? Sometimes sometimes we get the minor details wrong,
1: <laughs> or the m- the major, <laughs> the big the big idea. We get the major
0: details wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think. Was there any more updates this week? Oh, hey, my mom called me and she's like, "Hey, Nick, I." my mom listens to podcasts shout out to you mom um and my dad too they but do your parents listen to the pod uh
1: i don't know i think my dad was asking how to listen to it okay <laughs> uh which might not be a good sign <laughs> okay.
0: well well my parents are you know they've gotten text heavy enough to be able to listen to podcasts i'm proud of you guys um and my mom called me up the other day, and she's like, "Hey, honey, you know, I was listening to your fifth episode, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I have a suggestion, though." And she she was naming off another podcaster or something, and I was kind of surprised. I was like, "I didn't know you listen to other podcasts." But um, she's like, "Yeah, he has a picture of his face on the album art, and can you guys do that too? Because I want to see, I want to see what James looks like." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, yeah. Well, mom, we've." Yeah, it's one of those things on the list. (laughs) I I don't know. I, I I, I was like, "Thanks, mom." Wants to see a picture of me? I, I, she wants to just see us on the photo. Like, ours is blank. You Uh know, ours is the album art is blank with a little minor details on the bottom.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, But you know, I would be happy to send her like a a signed (laughs) headshot. (laughs) Or or something like that. Anything for a fan.
0: Yeah, we could. We could. I'm sure we can arrange that. We <laughs> <laughs> actually kind of talked about doing a photo for the album I kind of wanted to do a photo of me and you sitting in the middle of like Broadway, New York, mm. or some big street That'd with cool. like podcast mics and like sitting in like nice Eames chairs or something. Yeah.
1: Well, you have a have a beautiful photo portrait on your Instagram right now. Yeah. Shout out Who-
0: to uh, my friend, my photography friend, Grace Ann yeah she did that for me film medium format
1: mm, really nice yeah. thanks really excellent are you you you're saying thanks yeah i
0: mean why because <laughs> well, uh, you're a great model
1: i guess <laughs> thanks thanks
0: grace <laughs> <laughs> um i uh i, I also kind of want to touch on something did we mention this where so when we made the podcast we just put the album art up blank because like we didn't have anything. We didn't have any photos of me and mm-hmm. you. And we noticed that people started to screenshot it and put text in the album art. Yeah. And, like, call out, like, on the podcast, like, oh, really love this this point you guys made. And then put it in their Insta story or online or whatever. I love it. And I, I thought that was a fun, like, mistake that happened. Yeah. Like, we didn't expect that to happen. But I love that people are doing that.
1: Yeah. And they and they continue to do it. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen a couple more. And I think it's just, like... It's one of those wonderful things that sometimes you put a design out in the world and and you something unexpected happens. Exactly.
0: For the good, for the better. Yeah. Also, if that ever happens to you guys, quick tip, just just take it like it was yours. Like we we made we designed it to be like that, right, James? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, Nick. <laughs>
0: um yeah, so we had a lot of updates this week, but um I think our what we wanted to talk about this week kind of Along the lines of, you know, James, you got a new gig and um, I got a studio now and we wanted to talk about kind of our transition from full time industrial designers to now consulting freelancing life lifestyle and our thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I feel like I I get questions about freelancing a lot and um, even even from you, Nick, back in the day. When you were uh, when you were thinking about moving up to New York, mm-hmm. you yes. were asking me about the freelancing life. I was. Um, I have to say that like I feel very fortunate thus far in my freelancing career. I mean, I worked at a company for about three years before I stepped out. Okay. Um. But uh, but yeah, f- very fortunate to have I don't know sustained the freelancing life.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you, you're you working at this company, mm-hmm. and what exactly happened? Like, did you just decide that it was time to go, or you decided you wanted to be a full-time freelancer, or did you, like, have an opportunity pop up? Yeah. Like, how, how was your, like, f- what was that first transition? Like, that's what I'm kind of curious about.
1: Well, it, so, uh, yeah, I was at that company for three years. It had its ups and downs. This was the kitchen company. You did the spoons, yeah. the measuring yeah. spoons. So, uh, I just, I had kind of I felt like it was running its course okay you weren't like
0: you weren't really feeling like you could move up or like you were just getting stale or what
1: yeah I think um I think the thing was is that when I was working there I was just like I it was kind of my it was it was my first full-time gig after college and I was just I was living in Brooklyn and commuting out to Long Island okay and I kind of was always looking at the city and kind of being like, could, you know, could I make it there? Could, oh, I, interesting. could I, because I, I, I kind of felt like, you know, I wonder if I could, you know, if I could, if I've, if I pigeonholed myself, if, if I'm good enough, if I'm talented enough, okay. um, there's just a lot of questions. And, and another thing that started to happen was my father owns a rotational molding business in Pennsylvania and he does he does a level of consulting and he will consult with um, you know clients and create new products for them and um, so he asked me for some help on a few projects okay and so I started doing some projects for him and then I kind of proposed to him I said you know what if I started working a couple days a week for you right? Um, I think we might have worked this out together and uh, and so he, he said you know that would be that would be great and so I started working for him part-time at the same time one of my managers uh, had had left um, the company and then started working for another company uh, an exercise equipment company in in the city and so like I I just, he he needed help. He right. needed industrial design and he, help. And he knew
0: you because he was he was yeah. working at the kitchen company before. Okay. Yeah,
1: and so uh, he brought me in. Okay. Um, and he was bringing me in more and more, and and um, so I yeah I just was very fortunate right right out of the gate, right out of leaving yeah. my my previous gig, I had I had gigs lined up. Right. Yeah,
0: that definitely seems like a nice transition
1: so so the thing i i think the thing that i take from that whole story is um you know i think it was valuable for me to have worked at that company for three years and i'm not saying that you can't freelance like and you can't live as a freelancer right out of college right but i think it was good for me to work at that company because you know i gained a bit of confidence i gained some skills and i also made connections
0: definitely the connections helped you i mean that's where you got to now
1: yeah, and and I think it's important to foster connections within school, within your jobs. It's just don't burn bridges, right? Um, De- yeah, definitely. And and just you know, when you when you come to work, even if you're coming to a job that you don't really like too much, try and try and leave that at the door. I mean, I certainly let it get to me sometimes when when the days were tough.
0: You just didn't didn't care for what you're working. Yeah.
1: Like. But you just, you just kind of have to like truck through it and, and, you know, hopefully make a good impression on the people around you.
0: Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's great advice, James. I mean, I think your, your story is nice because of the fact that you started out doing this full time thing. You got the experience and you understood. I So one thing for me that I feel I guess you know my story. Um, maybe I'll just dive into that, and then maybe it'll play yeah. off of yours a bit. Um, you know, I went to work for a pet company in Texas for two and a half years, and similar to you, right? It's like you work at this place in house, you know, doing a lot of design work, and you know, a lot of times, like you're designing a litter box. I designed too many litter boxes uh, <laughs> that I don't want to talk about them anymore. But um, you know, it's like you have to look at a project and say okay what what you know this product yeah we can easily design it to be a nice product but how can i kind of use this opportunity to you know not only make a great product but also like learn something new like right. improve my skills and so also working in-house you have much better opportunity to learn manufacturing managing right. how things are made and i think that's super important um and i I mean, I almost want to say that your statement was, uh, you know, you you made the statement of, like, it's not impossible to start out of school freelancing, but I think it is very, very hard. Like, I feel like you would definitely need to have some previous experience understanding manufacturing and how the real world business works out of school before you go into freelancing. Yeah. Did you do any freelancing in school?
1: No. I... I... Yeah. No, I didn't do any freelance I didn't have an internship oh, yeah. while I was in school. James, you just like what are you
0: kicking your feet back? What's going on here? <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm just messing with you. Um I uh so I started freelancing my first freelance was graphic design. Right. I, I went to I went to school, I went to SCAD and had my roommate, his name was Logan, he was a amazing graphic designer and he was really into graphic design, so he would kinda of inspired me. He was like, Yeah, you can this stuff too i mean it's all design design is designed is design and i started out with gimp you remember do you know what gimp is it's the it's the knockoff photoshop oh i I created my first logo in knockoff photo like it was essentially like one step up from microsoft paint
1: (laughs) why didn't you just have photoshop
0: well because it costs money Listen, this is college This is days. not like required, this is college days.
1: but but wasn't like a, the Adobe Suite required? Uh,
0: I think I think Scad bought us the Adobe Suite like the second year or something. I forget. Oh, um, it was like a the way new you thing.
1: Scrounged the first year. Well,
0: it was like a new policy. It, I don't remember. I don't remember the logistics. <laughs> I just remember that my first logo was for this company called Hit House. I think it was some like hip hop brand. Nice. And I made it in Photoshop. Now. I will say that this was for like one of those contest websites. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but I use this website called 99designs. And it's essentially like crowdsourcing graphic design. So a client will post a prompt, and then it's open to all the designers to submit right. their designs. And the only designer that gets paid is the one that the client picks, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of an interesting business, maybe not the most moral business situation. But I will say that... It, is, it does give a lot of opportunity to people that may not have the opportunity to work right. with clients or get your name out there. And for me, you know, I went home fall after fall break just pumping out designs, like working on this 99 design graphic thing. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. I can make logos and maybe I'll make some money. Like, you know, the, <laughs> the first time you ever made money doing design was like amazing because it was like you, got, you love design. Mm-hmm. And now you're making money doing it yeah i feel like we forget that now that we're just like full-time yeah designers but um that's how i started out freelancing and of course i freelanced you know graphic design all through um you know first couple years of college doing the 99 design thing and you know did some actual logos i got picked um and slowly started to transition after i posted on behance Mm -hmm. people would contact me and say hey nick can you sketch up some you know whatever it is some product and I remember I did like ping pong tables once which was cool a lot of this stuff never got made just because I was so young and you know the sketches were not as great as I you know as we are now Um, and and obviously I never I always there was some lessons I learned during those early years of like what projects I should and should not have done like I remember like having to like let clients go I mean, it, really? was a, it was a mutual thing. Like, I remember I did this one project for a client who wanted pajamas, baby pajamas, which I am certainly not qualified for at all. Like, yeah. But granted, I if if I was if I needed to, I could design baby pajamas. Like I said, design is design, um, and that's why I told her. So I was like, okay, I'll take this project on. And I, you know, when you're in school, you're taught like the process the design process Mm -hmm. you research you sketch you you make the final product and so i told her that i was like okay this is the design process i learned in school and this is what we're going to do and so i did the research i did like the big research phase and like market research i made like personas and all that like you know frilly stuff and i presented it to her and she and she just didn't get it she didn't get the fact that i was presenting stuff to her that she knew like i was just like saying like oh hey you know, these are the average baby sizes. And she's like, yeah, I know. We make baby clothes. Like, we know what the size is. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, and these are your competitors? I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I know. Those are our competitors. We <laughs> we know this stuff already. Um, a, a big lesson I learned from that is like, you know, the research is important definitely to the process. But not necessarily to show you the client. Like, the research is for you to mm-hmm. learn about right how to design the product.
1: I mean, if uh, if you had to had to do it over again... Would you have asked her for the marketing materials beforehand?
0: No, because I was so young and I didn't know anything.
1: Well, yeah, I mean... I oh, mean, but if she came to me now? Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I would ask her about her her market and any insights she had. And then I would do the research on my own right, personal time and mm-hmm. include that, include those insights, my own per- personal insights from the research into the sketches. Yeah. Um, but, you know, learned a lot. Doing a bit of odd jobs freelancing in college and then when I graduated went to work for Petmate, mate um, and Did uh, I think I picked up a few a few more odd things on the weekends just for fun mm-hmm. um And then I had interned in new york You know back in school and just really fallen fell in love with new york and so texas was starting to you know, drag on me a bit. I, I think Texas is a great state. There's definitely some pros. Um, but, you know, I got to the point where kinda like you, James, it was like, I think it's time to mix stuff up. You know, like it's time to just do something else. And I decided that I wanted to move back to New York. And so I did. Um, and of course the thing that helped me was this Instagram thing that I had started a year previous was like starting to, to culminate, like The following was growing and I had made a lot of connections, including you, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so yeah, I just through through Instagram I made all those connections and was able to sustain myself freelancing and now I'm, you know, been overwhelmed with opportunity here in New York. So it's I've been really gracious and it's amazing that, you know, the journey I've taken. Yeah. So far. And I don't know what's coming up next, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and there's one thing to, that I think we should say about freelance in New York. Cause, cause I don't know when I pictured freelance work, I often pictured, you know, a designer working from home, Yes, mm-hmm. you know, or working from their own space. Right. But oftentimes in the freelance that I, I do, I go into an office right. as a freelancer.
0: And that's a big thing in New York just because it's so condensed in that there's so many different offices you can go into. You know, if you have one freelance gig for this month of April and then there's another freelance gig for a month of May, you know, you can go to the same, you know, the same city. You don't have to leave cities. Like you just, you know, uptown, midtown, downtown, wherever right. you are.
1: Right. And I really, I really enjoy it. I, you know, I feel like it
0: adds spice to your life.
1: It does. I mean, I think, um, I really enjoy well one thing is I really enjoy the variety with that comes with freelance just because like, you know, I feel like that keeps my creativity pretty fresh. Um, but I also like getting a glimpse behind the curtains of different businesses to just like how how are they operating. That's interesting. You yeah. know, because because so many I, I feel like I've, you know, gone from between a couple of different startups and it's always interesting to just see the, the differences or the similarities. Right. Um, and like startup culture is like, it is a totally like, you can parody it so easily <laughs> and they do it all the time on different shows. Yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how people approach design at different companies and, You know if they even have designers there and uh yeah it's it's a fascinating process
0: yeah i i think the big takeaway i just want to reiterate this is that both you and i james we realized that we've gotten our three freelance work our big majority of our work through connections yeah um and those connections are made all types of ways but i feel like instagram has helped me a lot and you said that your previous connections at your old job had helped you yeah and so you know if you want to do freelancing full-time that's that's the key i think
1: yeah i yeah connections for sure Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know when you talk about making connections like you often picture these scenarios (laughs) where like everybody's in a room with name tags (laughs) or you're at you're in an elevator forcing things but I mean, I, I think you you have to think about connections in such a simple way as like the people that are around you as a student in studio mm, and the people that you're true. working with at your first job. Right. Like, you know, all of these people. And, you know, the other thing is like, you know, it's always good if you can do somebody a favor. Like, I'm not saying like do do favors for people so that they'll do favors for you. But just get into the habit right. of, like, boosting people around you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's simple karma, you know?
1: It feels... Do, do good things.
0: It and feels great. Good things happen, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, yeah, everybody... Like, there are so many talented people around. And, like, you know, if if they're not getting noticed, just i don't know what i'm saying now (laughs) no no i think
0: you have a good point james like i i think that you know just being kind like i mean we're just getting into like life advice now it's like just you know i know there's a lot of bad things that go on in this world but try to be optimistic you know try to see the good in whether it's another coworker, a project that you're working on that just doesn't isn't exciting to you like there's something you can always pull out that's like something you can focus on and really build up your, you know, skill set or this relationship that you have. Um, You know, I like I think about like some of the pet products I've done. Like I remember doing dog toys and, you know, it's a dog toy. Like at the end of the day, I'm not saving, I'm not like curing a disease, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's this product that like someone's going to buy and their dog's going to rip up. Um, But I took that opportunity to be like, oh, hey, I'm going to do a dog toy that has a different aesthetic to it i'm gonna try to focus on um you know this organic kind of algori- algorithm software like uh grasshopper um it's like an algorithm based software and i'm gonna like learn that software and improve on my skills right and i'm gonna take that opportunity you know yeah you know but but yeah i mean that's that's kind of uh, i don't know i think you just, there's some good points there yeah i um, think so i do have one more question james do you have any like future goals for your freelance for your consulting? Like, I mean, maybe you don't, I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) I'm curious.
1: Yeah. I mean, none, none to speak of right now. I mean, I, I think that with freelancing for me, I just, um, I think in a lot of, in a lot of different um, aspects of my life right now, in, in terms of my work, It's just purely exploration and nothing, no like real goal has emerged yet from it all. Okay. But there's just a lot of joy in the process.
0: I like that. So maybe your, maybe your vision is to do something that the process culminates into maybe this bigger thing. Yeah.
1: I think, um, like, you know, with what I've been doing on Instagram, like, Reaching out to people for collaborations, like I'm, mm. I'm doing these things just because they're fun. It sounds like fun, right? Like I'm not, it's not this like master plan, right? I don't, I don't have this, <laughs> this plan of how I'm going to dominate in the industrial design the world. The master plan, yeah. It's literally like legitimately, it is purely about like just f- like fun.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like for me, I. I, hey, my master plan, is kind of similar to yours. I was like, I'm kind of like just taking it day by day. Yeah. I will say though, I did get the studio. I mean, I think the goal for me is to somehow transition into this place where I can do more, um, more bigger projects, more bigger client projects, where I can really sit down and like get these things engineered and control more of the process. Right. You know, right now it's like I'm doing the industrial design, like. I hand off the sketch and then I cross my fingers and hope it comes out. Okay. Right.
1: right. And that's, I would say one of the major, uh, I don't know. Drawbacks. It, of drawbacks freelance. of freelance mm-hmm. for sure. It's, it, you know, because you will be working on something and then you, you'll leave. Yep. Mm-hmm. And decisions will be made and things will move along and without your, without your knowledge there. or approval or right. anything like that. and, you know, that's where I feel like people start studios or, or whatever to have more ownership or they work in-house to have more ownership. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It actually
0: happened recently to me. I had designed something at one of my clients' uh, offices and then I uh, left. And then a, a month later, I, I came back and I saw the product. I did it and I'm like, wait, this doesn't look exactly how I <laughs> intentioned. Like, we need to fix a few things. Right. But, um, th- yeah, thankfully, thankfully, I didn't leave long enough. So I got to be I was able to fix it. Nice. It's OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was I feel like we could talk about freelancing. I mean, this is our entire career right now. And there's so many great things we talk about. I don't know. Was there any other thoughts you had? We can get I, we can get into questions, too. if we're.
1: I don't know. I just hope that in a year I'm not listening to this episode crying.
0: <laughs> we're in a box. Help. Living under a rock. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, of course, every episode, we like to answer questions from the audience. If you have a question, please feel free to send it in to podcast at gmail.com. Um, our first question comes from Madge, and she says, I'm currently a first-year industrial design student wrapping up my second semester in college. I've learned and personally improved a lot over the semester, and but I still feel like I'm fairly behind my classmates and friends. How can I become a better designer, preferably quickly? So she's she's, you know, she's a first year industrial design student, really young, but she feels like she's a little bit behind. Is there a way to speed that process up?
1: Well, for one thing, I, I it sounds like you might need to cut yourself a little bit of slack. I feel like the person who's asking these types of questions is it's actually often good, better than <laughs> they realize. Um, but. Madge, yeah, I feel like you're in the beginnings of your educational career,
0: right? You just start. I mean, first year.
1: Yeah, so I don't think there's too much to be worried about, but I think that you know we can we can still give you some advice. Um,
0: I mean, I think the obvious. I mean, obvious advice is just to work harder, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious, James. Like that's well, the that's the. That's the rub is like The trick is is that there's no trick
1: right right well it, it depends on what in particular she's talking about Because are is she talking about her hard skills mm-hmm. or is she just talking about her designs in general Design thinking.
0: now? I okay, so I so yeah, that was my that's my true advice um, But if you want some more granular advice, I would say that Surround yourself with people that are better with you, better than you right? Um, you know, find the person that you really admire and like. Just work with them. Like, work in proximity with them, right. not necessarily like on a project. Like, just sit down next to them if they're sketching in the studio. Sit down next to them and sketch with them. Yeah, and just. Chat. I mean,
1: if you get the opportunity to work on a project with them, and then that's great. Even
0: better, you can kick your feet back because they're the best. You don't. You don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> James, were you the one that kicked your feet back, or were you were the one doing the work?
1: Uh. Mm, yes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm I, Just kidding. Yeah. I, um, no, I feel like if I can remember back to my second year, I mean, I didn't even think I was a good designer by my fourth year. So like, and I still don't think I'm a good designer. That's good. So it's, it's if you think uh, you're a good
0: designer, then it's all over. If, yeah. Like, peeked, right. You might, exactly. Like, might as well just, yeah,
1: there are the people who are leading the project and kicking their feet up. And those are the people you have to worry about. <laughs> Um, Definitely. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, remembering back to my second year, I was like, uh, f- I was really concerned with sketching just because um, I've, you know, I've always been a sketcher, but industrial design sketching was something that was totally new to me and being able to generate ideas very quickly and in perspective and all these things. And we had exercises that we had to do and... I would say a what kind? Of, what do you mean exercises? Like sketching exercises of like, you know, doing oh, the parallel lines right, and all right.
0: that. Yes, and that's just like get your arm, get that muscle motion, kind of ingrained right. in you. Okay.
1: And the sketching teacher was like, you have to have 500 pages of these at the end of the semester, and there were a lot of people, and I hate to rat you out. I'm not going to name names. But there are a lot of people that were doing those pages, like the night before. yeah, you know, I believe it. and we'll
0: but, we'll put all of those names on mydetailspodcast.com.
1: <laughs> but uh, what I would do is I would go into studio every single night, even if I didn't have anything to work on, and I would do ten pages a night. Mm, that's and good. so you know, I think there's there's something to be said about working hard, but there's also something to be said about having sort of a schedule and sort of like you know building up
0: i can i can definitely agree on that i think that you know for me i loved just hanging out in the studio like like you said like i would just go in and you know just work on stuff like yeah i could easily work on home work at home doing the same project but just being in proximity to other designers and being able to bounce ideas off of off of them and like compare stuff really helps you improve and um, you know again going back to the connections thing you know who knows where these other designers will be right
1: yeah and I I think the other thing is is that if you admire somebody's work like then copy them (laughs) kill them no and and present it as your own no I I think um, I think if you admire somebody's work just Think about why you admire it. What about it do you like? Oh, that's interesting. Break it down. Break it down. Figure out what it is that makes it makes it successful in your eyes, and then try to, you know, implement that in your own work. Yeah. Or you know, see how that can be applicable to your own work.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good advice.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate in school. I had uh, reached Schlegel in my class. Uh, the king of industrial king. design Instagram. Um, really, I mean, one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Right.
0: So, so that's the real advice. We gave you granular advice, but the real advice is just work harder.
1: Yeah. I mean, work harder, but work smarter as well. Right. You know, um, but then, you know, I also had, like, you know, a lot of other people around me, um, like, for instance, uh, another guy, Oscar Salguero, who... Was an incredibly creative person, just an amazing thinker. He mm. would pull things out of a scrap bin, yeah, and 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 rework it. I love those kind would, of people. I love those kind of be, people. He taught me resourcefulness and right. just, like, openness to, you know. Right. And uh, Paul O., oh, another person I mentioned last mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Amazingly diverse thinker. Yeah. Um, got, I know
0: you have to get all your shout-outs in because they're paying you a lot of I'm money. I'm getting my but... shout-outs.
1: Chris Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go. Let's go. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, like, I I really did. Uh, Ayan Bhandari. Uh, I really did... Um, you know, I, I looked up to a lot of people that I went to school with because of because of things that I saw in them that I that I needed to improve in myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a great question, Madge. I hope that gave you some advice and I hope that anyone else listening got some advice from that. Um, our second question comes from Elliot Bliss and they say, while touring design studios in the Northwest, we heard over and over from designers that we should be learning rhino and grasshopper. How is Grasshopper actually being applied in product design? Is parametric modeling the future or just a trend? Um, just to give some some preface here, like Rhino and Grasshopper are three D modeling softwares. Um, they're actually kind of the same software, and they're just kind of different plugins. And it, it Grasshopper is specifically a algorithmic based software. Um, you know, I mentioned it earlier about the dog toys. But the way you model something in this program called Grasshopper is you create almost these this, this, these pathways and connections, kind of like you're programming a computer. You're not like you're not like building shapes. You're like taking blocks and saying, "Okay, this shape should be this size, and it should have this many holes, and these holes should be random, and they should be." In between this color and this color, like it's very a uh, program mindset. You know, I don't know if you guys know program or not, but you know, it's like and or plus this minus that. There's all this like addition subtraction going on. Parameters. Parameters, of course, parametric. So that's the software that we're talking about. And you know, Elliot asks if this is something current in the design field because he's, I believe, he's still in school. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I personally have dabbled in it. Like I said, doing the dog toys, I thought it was a fun exercise and fun program to learn. Um, but I don't know. Did, have you ran into it any James or what is your thoughts?
1: I have not used rhino or grasshopper once in my life.
0: So it wasn't a thing you learned in school or anything.
1: No, I mean, I think, which programs did you learn in school? Just SolidWorks. I mean, in terms of three D modeling, I think there was there was an opportunity to to learn Rhino that I didn't take. Okay. Um, just it was be- like an elective or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I um, I mean, and I've just used SolidWorks my entire career. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the standard.
0: Yeah, I I will say that the standard is SolidWorks across the industrial design field. Um, obviously, there's you know other studios that may do smaller programs. I actually. I want to take a tangent right now. I want to talk about Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty mm. because I feel like Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty is going to kill SolidWorks. Really? Yeah. I don't know. You know, the tipping point will come, but I feel like SolidWorks is, uh, you know, not to. I'm going to throw shade. I think they're antiquated. I'm just going to. I'm just going to say that. Like, I think that SolidWorks is a big, big antiquated company, big mm. corporate company that doesn't realize that they are catering to the industrial design field like I've been to their conferences and they talk you know SolidWorks is an engineering program like it was built for engineers engineers use it and that's why industrial designers use it you know because we want to communicate our ideas as effectively to engineers right um, retain the design retain the design and since SolidWorks doesn't realize this I mean the reason I know they didn't realize this is because they created an entire program for industrial designers do you oh, know about this oh yeah there's something called industrial design which is a cad program it's not i mean yes our profession is called industrial design and they just named it industrial design like they <laughs> made they named their own program after the profession yeah which is a little confusing but you know it's it's some sort of mix of like quick fast cad right but no one uses it no so that's that's the reason i think that they don't understand that we use their software and to probably a good point like i don't know if we are the main demographic like are we the main customer for solidworks i don't know that's the real question
1: i'm not sure i mean the other thing is is that the the, what frustrates me with solidworks especially is how you even get the program in the first place you have to request a quote oh yeah like (laughs) this is so antiquated like fusion 360 i can download it right now i can download it and start using it and
0: and it's free Did you know that? Is it free? free? It's so fusion 360 is free for small like startups and freelancers and studios. That's awesome. Um, And then once you get to the corporate level or more, you know, mid, mid, um, level, uh, they ask you to pay for it. But you know, it's a great way for people who don't like students, like no one has money. Um, it's a great way for you guys to get into 3d modeling Mm -hmm. without having to pay money. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a great tactic because it, you know, it's scalable, right? Like, yeah, especially like when you, when you're a student and you're learning fusion 360 or when you're just out of school and you want to like start a quick project going into a big company and you're like, I know fusion 360 and the company's like, Oh, well we, yeah, sure. We can buy that. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good business plan, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean the, the, the other thing about fusion 360 that's great is it's a mix of, um, parametric, right? I think
0: so. I'll be honest. I haven't tried Fusion three hundred and sixty. I just believe in it.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, but it's like it's it's sort of a it's sort of a mix between SolidWorks and Rhino, from yeah. from what I understand. Right. Um, I've messed around a little bit in okay. it, but you know it takes. It takes some time to learn a new program. Of course. And I'm so comfortable in SOLIDWORKS that it's probably going to be my demise. Well,
0: it no, it won't be your demise, James. And that's how I am, too. I like SOLIDWORKS is my go-to. It's what I'm comfortable in. I can make anything you want in SOLIDWORKS. But at a certain point...
1: Anything?
0: And maybe not anything. <laughs> at a certain point, I think that the standards will change and we'll jump on board. Like And we'll it's... get fired. No,
1: we won't get... <laughs> We'll figure you it out. You will be it, obsolete. It
0: yes, it's hard to learn a new program, but like timeline-wise, like you can figure it out in a month. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of why I haven't tried. <laughs> All right, check back in 6 How months. How good We're are you <laughs> at
1: making coffee, Nick? I think a barista's in your future.
0: Oh man, oh man.
1: But uh, we got one more question here. Um from Jonathan and he says I want to know whether or not i should specify the type of design i want to do or can i still manage without being super excellent at say making chairs
0: oh interesting so Jonathan, jonathan's kind of asking like should he be like a jack of all trades or should he really focus in on one uh i don't know category of design
1: this is something that i've been thinking a lot about recently because, uh, you know, one thing is a couple of years ago, I was watching an interview with uh, Benjamin Hubert of, uh, he, Lair. um, yeah, layer mm-hmm. design. he's a great designer and he was hugely inspirational. L- layer has been doing some great yeah. work recently. Yeah. Even when he was solo, I, I really loved his work. He's just like a great thinker and a great designer. And, and he was saying like, you know, he fairly young getting a lot of recognition, and he was saying in an interview that he feels like like we shouldn't be doing everything as designers. Like we need to be able to find the people to collaborate with. And, and those collaborations will bring out the design work for us. You know? Mm, interesting. I, I mean, and, and so I'm trying to practice that a little bit by reaching out to people on Instagram that I see that are doing great work and I feel like, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's a collaboration there, Right. um, to find somebody who's a true expert in a field or at least far, you know, far beyond what I'm capable of at the moment. And am I really going to sit down and try to learn their craft or am I just going to, you know, get that collaboration going?
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. I never really thought about thought about it in that way um i was thinking more like i guess during school i i remember in my when i was studying you know i love houseware and furniture in that part of design and you know that's kind of my goal and my dream in life is to do that type of design i'm not there yet i'm working there but um you know when i was in school i was like this is what i love but i also want to do everything like i don't want to be stuck in this one field of furniture um and SCAD specifically had a furniture design program and i was like this is great but industrial design you can still design furniture like it's still like we said many many times before design is design like i can design a toaster i can design a chair um so that's kind of my take on it is that i decided to you know just take a broad look at design um i feel like i am focusing a bit on the pet industry because I I just I've been in the pet industry now and you know I have pet clients and stuff like that so um, not that I'm like pigeonholing myself I don't think I'm pigeonholing myself I'm so like we're fine I'll be (laughs) fine I'll be fine right (laughs) James (laughs) litter boxes no
1: you're okay Nick just stop using the litter box and start using the toilet but the but the other you know uh, the other thing is is that um I uh was recently looking at portfolios, student portfolios. Okay. And one thing that I feel like I feel like I wasn't too impressed with the portfolios that I saw and 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 I think the reason is and this was something that I was doing in school was I was trying to showcase so much that i was like really good at graphic design oh no and trying to make this (laughs) really like prim and proper you know portfolio Mm. and and here's the thing i feel like i feel like a portfolio that's a bit more just kind of like rough around the edges but rich in process is is always going to win out I, I totally agree. I think that I, I,
0: you know, you see these portfolios with more like graphic elements. When people learn graphic design, they're like, Oh, graphic design, blocks and shapes and angles and lines. And no, no. Get yeah. that get that stuff out of here. All I want to see is a full spread of a photo. With a tiny little type in the center yeah. or in the left that's like, This is my project. Yeah. And then yeah, you can put your process in there stuff. But yeah. yeah. I
1: mean we're not yeah, like you know, you Keep were saying, you were that's, saying that's earlier, like, you know, design is design, right. but like, I feel like in an industrial design portfolio, I want to see that you're a good industrial designer. Yeah. I don't want to see that you're a good graphic designer. Right. Don't
0: show me that. Don't show me the graphics. You're industrial. I don't want to see that. Like.
1: Yeah. So just pick the Helvetica font. Don't think about it. And I just want to see like, they don't even have to be like beautifully doctored images. I just want to see, like, crappy models. Yeah, I want to see that you made something. Don't
0: don't show me a render, either. No, no. Because that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Renders could be any.
1: I think, like, like, one-shot render at the end, maybe. But, like, I want to see more process. I want
0: to see that you made the thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you want to see that they legitimately made the thing.
0: That's how... So, okay, this is a tangent. I know we're, like, going long. This is already, like, an hour. But I really want to talk about this because for me personally, all my entire website is stuff I've made fit. Like mm-hmm. it's all physical products that have been photographed. Um, and the one exception is my specifically my project that's for renders. So like all, like I have like 12 projects up now and 11 of them are real products. And then my one project or my one project is just renders. But I think making a physical product is so much more um, helpful and you learn the design process way better than just throwing something into the rendering software. Cause anyone can do that. Any, mm-hmm. anyone can make a 3d model and put it into a key shot. Sure. But you know, you don't understand the design if you don't make it for real.
1: That being said, I only made a few of my designs from school. <laughs> James. Like, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, I, there was still a rich, process behind those of course. designs of course. and I think even just like what I did in school oftentimes because because you know my school didn't you know they didn't demand of us to have like a looks like model at mm. the end of the project okay so I think even if it's just a functional model if it doesn't necessarily look like it but it demonstrates the function I,
0: I, I can definitely get on board with that just because you know that's the whole point right yeah um, because once you get to that functional model, you know, technically you could just pay someone to make a looks phys- like a, a model. Right. So like it's not that big of a deal. But um, you know, still making to that functional stage is the most important
1: thing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, kids okay. in school, process, process, process.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you, sending it in Jonathan. I know we went on a bit of tangent there, but um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I think keep keep your. Uh, Keep, keep yourself a bit broad. I don't think you need to specify just yet. No. Maybe, you, maybe you figure that out later in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for everyone who sent in questions. And, of course, every week we like to give a shout-out of the week. And this week we want to shout-out Joey Zeladon. Yes, sir. He uh, He's an industrial designer. Actually, I don't know if I met him or not. Uh, I, w- I went to the advanced design sketching and I sat in on one of his...
1: Square One conference?
0: Yeah, Square One conference, sat in on one of his um, demos. I don't know if we talked or not. He's a great guy. He does a lot of like... he. I think he worked for Steelcase at a, at a certain point.
1: He, he works at Steelcase now. I okay. think, and he worked at Smart Design previously.
0: Okay. And he just released a new book, right? Yeah. It's called Touchy Feely. Yes. So he has this new... Um, I think it's up on Kickstarter, so you can go check that out. I'm sure you can Google it, or we'll link to it. And, you know, it's a book about interactions with different products, um, and really just interactions with life in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's been posting a lot of these sketches, you know, on, on his Instagram, just singular sketches of these touchy-feely. It seems like he's he's sort of built this up over time. Right. And... Uh, and it's at a point now where he decided to make that a book and I'm really excited. I ordered a signed copy oh, of nice. touchy feely nice, and I can't wait to touch and feel that <laughs> book so hard.
0: Oh man. Well, I, so I've had, I have some connections, so I've seen the book already. Oh, God. <laughs> well, James, i I'm sure we can make some connections here too.
1: Whatever, Nick.
0: I actually really enjoyed the book. Um, after seeing, so you know, I follow I follow Joey, and you know, I've seen these touchy feely Instagram posts that he's done. But after seeing the book, I understand the entire thought process behind it. You know, when you see him on Instagram, it's just like, oh, there's a fun there's a fun sketch of you know someone like turning a knob or something. Um, but when you read through the book, it's like, oh, he's really thinking deeply about these interactions and how they relate to design and how you can take these interactions and in, you know. A, cut them up and put them in different scenarios and really enhance the design experience. Yeah. And so I, I, I really, it made a big impact on me. Like the connections really made sense.
1: It seems like a great reference for your library and, and just like, you know, just a great means of inspiration for interactions. Yeah, definitely. Physical interactions, the real user experience.
0: Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, check him out, Joey Zeldon. We'll link to it on minor details com, And, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good episode. We went a little long, but that's all right. We like to talk about design. We could probably talk for another hour if we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, if, if you guys want to, you can check us out on, oh, subscribe, Apple Podcast, right? We're trying to push that. Yeah. Subscribe, rate five stars, write a review, um, <laughs> do all the good things. <laughs> Um, and of course you can follow James and I, I'm at Nick P Baker
1: and I am at, I draw on receipts
0: and yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next week, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Peace out. Bye.